Did I hear who? You miss one Sabbath service. And anyways, of people in Austin, that's where I was at. <clears throat> they want to say hello. And um, Betty and Ben, they could sure use our prayers because they have health issues. And she's getting up a little bit in age and all to where our prayers would help them greatly. Okay, title of this is, man, my mind just, boom, went blank. Thank you. You know, I was looking at that word and I said, how do you pronounce that word? (laughs) Resurrection. Okay, I finally got it out. The math finally said, okay, title of this is resurrection. Question I have for you. How many resurrections are there in the Bible? That you can look at the Bible and say, here are the resurrections. We have in the Old Testament, we have Elijah. He brought up a widow's woman's son. Elisha brought up a widow's woman's son also. And Elisha, when he was dead. I mean, this man is dead. This other person, he died. And the friends of this person was putting him into a cave that Elisha's body was in. And this person's dead person's body touched Elisha's body. And boom, he was, res- well, he was raised up. He came back to life. We have Jesus. Three times he brought someone back to life. First time, well, I'm not sure if it's the exact first time, but one of the times was there was a wedding, go- I mean, a, um, a um, burial or ceremony or a funeral. There we go. Funeral procession going. Jesus touches the, um, the casket and tells the young man to rise up. He rose up. Another one was um, Jairus. His daughter died. She was brought up. We know about Lazarus. He was brought up. When Jesus died at his resurrection, a lot of the saints were raised up. And then last of all, Jesus Christ himself was resurrected. So, And then we can keep on going on. Peter, daughter by the name of Tabitha, was brought up. And Paul, not to be outdone, raised someone up also. Those are where you can look in the Bible and say, these people were dead, now they're no longer dead. So, out of this list, how many of those people were resurrected? That's the whole question. How many were resurrected? Question is, what is resurrection? We have people being resurrected today all the time. Someone drowns, they are dead until someone performs the procedures that all of a sudden they're no longer dead. Someone has a heart attack or whatever, you go into CPR, if that's not working, you use a, for, a thank you, to, well, however you pronounce it, and they come back. We have medical records of people that have died and they have come back to life. So the question is, what is a resurrection? Have all of these people been resurrected? Here's the definition. I went into the dictionary 
and of course I went off of the internet, so take it for what it is. And it said that this is the definition. The state of one risen from the dead. So the question is, we in our 21st century thinking, have all of these people been resurrected? So here's what we're going to look at. We're going to go to the first century, back when the people that wrote this stuff, and they were writing to someone, what was their mind thought? How did they look at resurrections? Because according to our definition in the 21st century, the state of one risen from the dead. And everything I read, all of those examples through the Old Testament, I didn't give you scriptures on your notes. You've got all of those scriptures. It goes all the way down to Mark 16, 1 through 8. I didn't, well, you can always look up all that stuff. But the thing is, out of all those people, how many of them were resurrected? What we have to ask ourselves is how did they look at resurrection when they wrote about resurrection in the Bible? How were they thinking what a resurrection was? Jesus, he was confronted with this question. Matthew 22, Mark 12, and Luke 20 are all the exact same stories. The Pharisees decided to test Jesus. And they came up with this test, real good test. A woman marries a man. The man dies. They didn't have any kids. So she marries the brother. He dies, the next brother, all the way down through seven brothers. Then she dies. So the question is, and this is in Luke 20, 33, Therefore, in the resurrection, that is what the Pharisees are asking. In the res resurrection, whose wife does she become? For all seven had her as wives. These are the Pharisees testing Jesus. But what I'm looking at, the test means nothing to me. What I'm looking at is what was their mind thought? When a resurrection happened, what was the condition or what happened? To ask in the resurrection, when they are all, all raised up, who is she going to, or who's the husband going to be? That's eternal. We are not talking physical. They were not talking physical. When they said in the resurrection, everyone is resurrected spiritually. That is how they were looking at resurrections. They were seeing resurrections from a spiritual point of view. And then um, if you go down to verse 35, this is Luke 20, 35. This is what Jesus says. And he answered them exactly in the same frame of mind, spiritual. This is what he says. But those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. What did he say? Yes, spiritual. He relayed to them spiritually because that's how they were talking. The resurrection to the Pharisees were spiritual. They saw it as spiritual, and that's how Jesus answered the question. So now that comes to another point. 
Pharisee sees it as spiritual. So how about the Sadducees? This is Acts 23, verse 8. This is Acts 23, verse 8. This is how the, the Sadducees saw resurrection. For Sadducees say there or that there is no resurrection and no angel or spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Well, we've got a huge problem all of a sudden. If they're saying there's no resurrection, how about the examples I gave in the Old Testament with Elijah? He raised someone, and it's documented. Elisha, he raised someone, and not only that, but his body, when he was dead, raised someone. So how can they say that? Here's 1 Corinthians 15, 13. I don't think it's in your notes because this came up to me earlier or later. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. When someone says, as the Sadducees said, there is no resurrection, then what did they just say? And if you don't believe there's a resurrection, what did you just say? That Jesus did not raise from the grave. If you say there's not a resurrection. <clears throat> now we saw how the Sadducees sees it. We see how the Pharisee sees it. Now how about the regular people? The everyday people. Just like us. We have an example of this. And it's Martha. Martha and Mary with the sisters of Lazarus, and John eleven twenty four, This is how the regular people saw it. Now, Lazarus is dead. Martha runs to Jesus and says, Oh, if you'd have been here earlier, Lazarus would not have died. And then what did Jesus say? Jesus said, He is not dead. Martha said to him, I know that. He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She knew that Lazarus was going to be resurrected spiritually. Martha said, the resurrection at the last day. Not in the last days, but at the last day. That means something. When she said that, that means something. At the last day. Question is, what is the last day? We'll see that as we go on. Now, okay, Martha, we know Martha. So how about other people? Let's go to Hebrews 11.35. This is Hebrews 11.35. And this is what it says. Women, receive their dead, raised to life again. We saw examples of that all through the Old Testament. There's three. We saw Jesus raised three. Peter and Paul raised one each. And Jesus himself was raised. So it's saying women receive their dead, raised from life again. That's physical. They're raised physical. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And what's a better resurrection? It's the first resurrection. 
That's the one that we're after, not the physical. If you want to be called coming up from the dead, a resurrection, well, is it? Resurrection, is it only spiritual? The people in the Old Testament going into the New Testament, how did they respond to a resurrection? Here's the question we have. Everyone that was raised besides Jesus, what happened to them? Everyone was raised up physical. What happened to them? They died again. They died. The thing they had in common was they were raised up physical and they died again sometime in the future of their lives. But the thing is, they died again. Was that a resurrection? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. Were those incidences of resurrections in the first century, is that how they saw it? Did they see it as a resurrection or did they see it as just someone coming back to life? Resuscitation. Is that what, is is that what happened? They were resuscitated. Life, breath came back into them. Definition of resuscitation. The act or an instance of reviving someone from apparent death or from unconsciousness. The act or an instance of restoring someone or something to an active or flourishing state. Did those people come to an active and flourishing state after they were raised from the dead? Here's how they responded. 1 Kings 17.22 This is Elijah when he brought the son back. Then the eternal heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And then what did Elijah say to the woman? See, your son lives. Elisha. This is um, 2 Kings 4.35. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. That is the child that was dead. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes and Elisha said to the woman, pick up your son. 2 Kings 13.31, this is when Elisha was dead. So it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. In the Old Testament, it never ever uses the term resurrection. It doesn't use that term. It's a New Testament term. Now Jesus, this is Luke 7, 14. Jesus said, young man, this is the man that was dead 
in the coffin and they were taking him to be buried. Jesus put his hand on the coffin and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak and he presented him and Jesus presented him to his mother. Luke 8:54 Little girl arise. Then her spirit returned and she arose immediately. Lazarus, what did Jesus say? Come forth. And he came out. Were these resurrections or were these just people coming back to life? That's a question we you can say, oh, the resurrection is someone coming back to life. Well, remember, we're in 21st century. We have to know what the mindset was of who wrote these scriptures, told this story. What was their mindset? And what was the mindset of those that is reading it? Those that is trying to get understanding. What is resurrection? We can only tell what a resurrection is by the only person that has been truly resurrected and not just brought back to life, to die again. That's only one person. Remember, we have all of these scriptures, and these scriptures are looking through the eyes of first century people. So, let's take it, get away from our 21st century eyes and look and get the mindset of the first century. What's the resurrection? What is the resurrection? What is it? When you say resurrection, what is it? John eleven twenty five tells us exactly what the resurrection is. What is love? Let me ask you this question. What is love? God is love. It's in the scriptures. There's no debate in it. God is love. So what is love? It's God. What's resurrection? John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. What did Jesus say? He said, I am the resurrection. I'm not many resurrections. I am the resurrection. So what is the resurrection? Now, of course, to talk about the resurrection, you've got to go to the resurrection chapter. 1 Corinthians 15 is the resurrection chapter, so that's where we are obviously going to go to. 1 Corinthians 15, 20, because I'm not going to go all the way through the entire chapter. I'm picking and choosing as I go. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who had fallen asleep. To be resurrected, he became the first fruits. These other people, when they 
If you want to use the term resurrection, it's up to you. If you want to use the term came back to life, were they the first fruits? No, they weren't. They're still physical. How can you be a first fruit if you're physical? When did Jesus become the first fruit? When he was resurrected and a spirit being. If you are brought back to life, that doesn't make you a first fruit. You're still physical and you're going to die again. I'm going down to verse 23. But each one in his own order, Christ the first fruit, afterwards, those who are Christ at his coming. Now here's the whole thing. What's going to happen to people at his coming? What's going to happen to those that are dead? What is going to happen to those that are alive? It says each are going to come up in their own order. First Corinthians, or we're going to go down to verse the, um, 50. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Is that not what resurrection is all about? Inheriting the kingdom of God? The, the, um, these dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. So if you are brought back to life and you die again, were you resurrected? You still have that same physical body. You just came back to life. That's all. Because remember, we're not looking at this in our eyes today. We have to look at it as they saw it back then. And if that's how they saw it, and that's what God inspired to be written, and to be inspired that we can read it now, it must mean something. 51. This is what the whole resurrection, what's going to happen to the body, this basically sums up what a resurrection is. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. And what's the secret? What is a resurrection? We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen. How will it happen? In a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trump is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are alive will also be transformed. It said if you're alive, you also, as what happened to the dead, you are going to be transformed. You are being resurrected from this physical body into a spiritual body. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. You want a resurrection? Immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies has been transformed, 
Because you start dying from the second you are conceived until the day you die. There is an exact period of time that you will die. You may be growing, but you're still dying at the same time because you don't live forever. Have been transformed into bodies that will never die. This scripture will be fulfilled. And this is for those who has been resurrected and their bodies have been transformed into spiritual bodies. Death will swallow up victory. Or death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? And in finishing out, for sin is the um, for sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, He gave us victory over death, um, sin, and death through our eternal Jesus Christ. What is resurrection? That's the whole thing. What is the outcome of resurrection? When a person is resurrected, they are trans... They, okay, when you are resurrected, you are raised from the dead. Yes, because you're no longer dead. But the difference between being raised from the dead and resurrected is that when a person is resurrected, they are transformed and will never physically die again. Resurrection refers to the transformation of our body into a new and glorious body. We're going to do a little comparison here. We're going to compare 1st century to 21st century. 21st century, if you say someone was resurrected, that means they were brought up from the dead. 1st century says, if you were resurrected, you were transformed. Jesus became immortal at his resurrection. Everyone that came back from the dead will die again. They are not immortal. They are physical, waiting for their death date. They are temporary. Jesus became the son of the father and now sits at the right hand of the Father and heir of all. That's what happened when he was resurrected. Hebrews 1-2, that's where I'm going to start reading at, is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he had appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than the angels, as he has, by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. That's what happened when Jesus was resurrected. Now, when you come back from the dead, 
You don't get a more excellent name. You still have your same crummy physical name. You don't become better than angels. Doesn't it say that we are a little lower than the angels? So when you come back from the dead, do you elevate yourself above the angels? No, you're still just as physical. Are you sitting at the right hand of God? We that are resurrected in the first resurrection will be the bride of Jesus. And where are we going to be sitting? Right there beside Jesus. And where is Jesus sitting? Right there beside his father. And when I said a crummy name, I meant that. Because aren't we all going to get a new name when we are resurrected? And then, Jesus is living forever. When someone comes up from the dead, they're still physical. Physical laws, physical everything. What have they accomplished when they come up from the dead? What did Jesus get when he came up from the dead? He's sitting at the right hand of God. He is called the Son of God. When we're resurrected, are we called the Son of God? The children of God? No, we're still just a human trying to qualify still. Jesus walked in newness of life. That's in John 6, 4. I'm not turning to it. Coming back from the dead only revives us. We are still under the curse of Adam and Eve. We still have the same physical life. We don't have a newness of life. It's our still same physical life. Nothing changed. We still have to breathe air. There's nothing new. It's the same person. Now the question is, what do we get? Or what, let me rephrase that. What did Jesus get when he was resurrected? Because my whole premise here, and the premise as we are reading it, is that a resurrection is spiritual. It is not physical. If you come back from the dead physically, you haven't been resurrected. You just came back from the dead. We are looking at this through first century eyes. Those that wrote this, and it was written to them. Jesus, when he was resurrected, he became our Savior. He became our king. He became our husband. He became our redeemer. He is our example of how we are to live our lives so we can be resurrected as he was. To be the bride of Christ. And if you don't make it to that, to be the children of Jesus. And that's eternal if you come up as a child of Jesus, you were resurrected into a spiritual body, and it's eternal. What else? When he was resurrected, 
He tells us, this is John 14, 15, and 16. If you look at, go through those three um, chapters, he's talking about, I must die so that the Comforter will come. The Father, when I die, the Father will send the Comforter. The Comforter will come in my name. What is that? The Holy Spirit. Yes, people had the Holy Spirit before he died, but now it's given. Now we have it. Because why? Because he told us. His death, he now went to the Father, and the Father can give us the Holy Spirit. Here's what's really important. When he was resurrected, we now have 100% faith that Jesus is the Messiah. We never had that. It took three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. When he was resurrected, now we knew every word he said came from the Father. He didn't say or do anything except the Father told him or showed him. Now we have 100% faith in Jesus because of his resurrection. If Jesus had not been resurrected after three days and three nights, if he came up earlier or later, then he wouldn't have been our Messiah. If he hadn't have been resurrected, then our faith, belief, and life, what we are doing now would be nothing but in vain. Because he didn't rise at the correct time. We would be living and we would be living our lives and proclaiming a lie if he had not stayed in the earth exactly 72 hours. That's the difference between a Messiah and anyone else. He said and he did. His resurrection proved that our faith is the correct faith in him. At his resurrection, we now have an advocate. Jesus is our advocate sitting next to the Father fighting for us. We have a new covenant that is spiritual. Hebrews 8, verses 7 through 8. This is Hebrews 8, 7 through 8. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occurrence to look for a second. For he found fault with them when he said, Behold, the days are coming, declares the eternal, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. When was all of that done? When he was resurrected. When the Father accepted him. It took his resurrection. Because if he didn't rise after 72 hours, then that, what he said about a new covenant would have meant nothing. His resurrection gave us this new covenant, which is spiritual. 2 Corinthians 3.6 Who has made us competent 
to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. What gives us competence? The Holy Spirit is what gives us competence. And where did that come from? The Father. And when it says, who had made us competent to be ministers of the new covenant, you realize we all, you, I, everybody that has been baptized, that had hands laid on, are ministers of the Father, are ministers of Jesus. How are we ministers? Every time you tell someone about Jesus. What you say, you are ministering to them. You are proclaiming the Father. You are proclaiming Jesus to them. Everything you do, your acts, your actions are proclaiming. This is how the Father and Jesus wants us to live. What you say, what you do, how you act ministers to the entire people you have influence over, people that see you. But you also minister about yourself by what you think. Your thoughts are a ministry to the Father of how close you are becoming to Him in mind, heart, and soul. What else did Jesus do at his death, at his resurrection? The death penalty had been paid for. He paid the penalty for death. And what's the penalty of death or of sin? It's death forever. And Jesus paid the price for sin. He conquered it. We went from a physical Israel to a spiritual Israel. Now you don't have to be from the nation of Israel. Now the Gentiles, the heathens, us. We can become part of the body. And that happened at his resurrection. The disciples, they didn't preach and teach about physical sacrifices. They didn't preach and teach about a physical place of worship. But what they did preach and teach about was about Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. This is in Acts 17, 18. Then certain philosophers encountered him. This is Paul. These philosophers encountered, encountered Paul. And some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others say, he seems to be, to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preaches to them Jesus and the resurrection. What was preached in the first century? Jesus and the resurrection. What should we be preaching? And how do you preach that? You realize that this is a three-legged stool. The three-legged stool is what is the law? 
The first leg is law. What's the law? With your whole heart, obey God. Obey or um, love your neighbors and, gen, um, and your neighbors as yourself. That's the first one. Love God and your neighbors. What's the second one? Resurrection. And what's the third one? Us preaching the resurrection and preaching Jesus to those we come in contact with. If any one of those three legs gets removed, by like the Sadducees, resurrection never occurred. Well, that stool's going to fall over because it doesn't have the three legs it has to have. It takes all three. If we want to be in the resurrection, that's the first resurrection, the wedding supper. That's what we have to be proclaiming, and that's what we have to be living. Also, what happened at Jesus' resurrection? At Jesus' resurrection, we now have the opportunity to be resurrected just as Jesus was resurrected with a spiritual body as Jesus has. 1 Corinthians 15, 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. That is what we are after. A body that is incorruptible. And that happens at the resurrection. Not the coming up of the dead. No. It's when the body is transformed from physical to spiritual. Do we want to be in... Do we want to be resurrected? The question is, do we want to be resurrected as the first century wrote, thought, and taught about the resurrection? About an eternal spiritual transformation in the blink of an eye from physical to spiritual? Or do we want to be resurrected as the 21st century thinks and that we just come up from the dead in our physical bodies just to die? Resurrection, the transformation from physical to spiritual.